Hi, Margo. Hi, Sonia. It's Papa Yaga break time. It is. Let's take a break. Let's take a break. And right now, it is still the midst of cold and flu season. So I want to talk about medieval sickness, medicine, how people understood these things. Yeah. Because you couldn't just get a flu shot. No. No, you definitely couldn't. (laughs) You know, there's no, like, NyQuil, DayQuil situation, like germ theory doesn't exist yet sad times yeah but i mean contrary to a lot of what you'll see in tv and movies where it's like let's put on leeches and do constant bloodletting and like rituals and stuff yeah like the vast 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 majority of medieval medicine was not based on like anything super extreme mm-hmm. because basically the whole idea right is that every like your body uh, has four humors which are um, like have to stay in balance to keep mm-hmm. you healthy so you have blood yellow bile black bile and phlegm and then those correlate to <laughs> sounds so disgusting <laughs> the human body is a nightmare yeah like it, it's not it's not cute. No. And that's basically how people understood their bodies to work, right? Like it's a kind of proto homeostasis concept, right? Of right. like everything has to be in balance and you need to have everything kind of working together nicely and the cause of sickness for the most part is an imbalance of the humors. Which again correlate to the four elements. They correlate, which like then correlates to the four seasons. So everything is kind of nicely, Aww, like cute. it's a very eternally consistent, nice, yeah. everything, you know, place for everything, everything in its place kind of understanding of how things work. So, you know, let's say you are suffering from. I don't know. Give, give me an example of what someone's going to be sick with. Um, well, I don't know. Like if, well, because we're talking about cold and flu season. So the flu. Yeah. I mean, they wouldn't have had necessarily the word for the flu, mm-hmm. like because that's not how they would have conceptualized it. But I guess if you have the flu, right, you have a fever yeah, and you probably are also coughing. Yeah. So fever, the, chills, yeah, uh, coughing, sore, tired. Right. So if you had any kind of like situation like this where you have a fever, that would mean that you had an excess of yellow bile, which was also like choleric temperament mm-hmm. or co- like excess of choler. Uh, so what you would do for that, right, is, okay, we know the qualities are hot and dry, which means we need to balance that. So it's right. typically a lot of, you know, drinking lots of water, drinking cooling fluids, basically. So like a lot of the time, if it, if not plain water, then it would sometimes be things like having water that was infused with herbs, right, or with like different floral um 
like matter basically <laughs> i don't know i mean like, like wow so very different from how we treat the flu now yeah yeah just <laughs> lots of liquids there actually is um of course i can't remember who exactly it would which it's in but there's um there are recipes for if someone has like is feeling sick like this where you cook chicken and like you make a chicken broth preferably with some vegetables and give it to them another one is that again a lot of the advice is make sure you get lots of sleep getting lots of rest um a lot of the time there'd also be baths like if someone Mm -hmm. had which again the idea that like medieval people never bathed they never cleaned themselves and it's like disgusting and smelly i mean they'd definitely be smelly like by today's standards where we change our clothes every single day and most people shower every single day yeah like and also we have like antiperspirants and deodorants and like you know things like that where you're not going to smell like a human (laughs) (laughs) you get to smell like a field of flowers fresh laundry yes but in terms of like did people just never ever bathe no we see in like basically every single medical manual there's going to be baths that are prescribed based on what you need so if you are very cold a lot of the time it's like a warm or even a hot bath Mm -hmm. if you have a fever they will recommend not a cold bath because that can like uh, again like there's it's quite a like everything in moderation system Mm -hmm. so taking a cold bath would be bad because it can shock your system too much so if you have a fever you want like a lukewarm bath right just to like pull the heat out of you exactly but without like shocking your body because then that can like uh, again the whole point is to bring you back into balance so unbalancing you too much in the other direction is also not good (laughs) Right. And of course you also have just a lot of a, a lot of herbal remedies for the most part, like making different kinds of tinctures. There's a lot of like cooking down different herbs with honey and or wine and or you know, uh sometimes it'll be an ale depending on what you're using, but it's again a lot of like have some herbs. <laughs> have some honey that that seems to help right which again i say wow so wildly different from how we would treat the flu now like it's not like unless it's a super super serious flu where you need like intravenous fluids or something it's a virus there's not a whole lot you can do about it other than like treat the symptoms which you can do with pumping you full of fluids and making you warm and comfortable and letting you rest so wow (laughs) those those idiots (laughs) and i mean the that is the other thing right is that for the most part when you do get these more like what we would think of as kind of more like fantastical almost or like more extreme remedies Mm -hmm. They're almost always in relation to things that are difficult to understand and that are are very difficult to kind of treat, right? So you have, I mean, there's all kinds of different names for it, but like 
basically, right, you see a lot of things like bloodletting or different, like, these more kind of like magical, in air quotes, or like ritualized elements around, for example, diseases like, or like conditions like epilepsy, Mm -hmm. right? Because they'll describe it as like falling sickness, right? Where the, the person occasionally just falls over and they're having these seizures and we don't know what to do. And it, it makes sense, right? That you're like, okay, I'm going to turn to these more like ritualized, more magical elements for something that is like, we have no ability to like treat otherwise, right? Like there's Mm -hmm. no cure that you can give someone like laying in bed isn't yeah it's it's not like you don't sleep it off you know right yeah but yeah the idea that like that was what everyone was doing all the time and that it was just like bloodletting all over the place every day no <laughs> the the answer to every physical ailment is exsanguination yeah which to be fair, is kind of true because if you just take all of someone's blood, then they'll be dead and they won't be sick anymore. That's your uh, pro <laughs> That's tips from pro- Baba Yaga. Professional opinion. <laughs> Sounds like you have an excess of black bile, which is causing melancholy. And as a medieval doctor, <laughs> I. I am prescribing you with a warm bath. Uh, maybe some. You you need to eat things that'll balance out balance out those humors a bit, you know. <laughs> because I'm pathetic and. No, you just have an excess of black bile. <laughs> you know what was actually a recommendation for melancholy, and also heartbreak. Those two were hand in hand. Was take spending time outdoors and taking walks in the garden. Aww. They're like, yeah, get get some fresh air and sunshine. Go look at some plants. There are no plants. It's February in Canada. Where do I find grass? February in Canada. Well, in that case, um, I guess you can try like eating some lamb. I need to move I need to move to a more temperate climate. I need to go to the seaside to take the airs. Now that's some good Victorian medicine. (laughs) And I maintain that it is a grave injustice that nowadays, if if you're feeling feeling off, you are not prescribed go to the beach for a few months. (laughs) It's an injustice. Yeah. Or to bath. Yeah. To just sit in a hot spring for three months, not talk to your husband. I'll even take like, you know, like Heidi style. You go into oh, the, yeah, mountains, go the mountains, right? Like you need some fresh air. Yeah. I think that is what I need. Yeah. And then I guess like the other big aspect of medieval medicine would also have been like miasma, mm-hmm. which kind of encapsulates a lot of sicknesses that are understood right as spreading from out like like diseases that are coming from outside of your body to inside which that's like kind of a more nebulous 
term, right? But I mean, to there, there's a lot of like variation of thought. I mean, again, the Middle Ages is a thousand year period, <laughs> but like the basic idea is that for the most part, sickness is caused by your own humors getting mm-hmm. out of balance. And you can kind of balance those by, you know, again, lifestyle modifications, baths, sleeping, eating differently, drinking differently, that kind of thing. Yeah. But then miasma tends to come into play more so when they're looking at diseases that are either spreading very quickly. So things like the plague Mm -hmm. or diseases that seem to be really closely tied to the environment. So like diseases like malaria right like mm-hmm. malaria literally means mal like bad air yeah mal bad area air <laughs> right <laughs> and like never would have riddled it out never would have riddled it out i mean <laughs> listen <laughs> they were calling him like they saw him exactly well, and that's the thing, right, is that we tend to think of, like, using empirical evidence or using, like, mm-hmm. you know, ob- observational, like, quote-unquote science as being something that's modern and, like, nobody did that before, like, the Enlightenment. Yeah. Specifically in Western Europe. No one else was doing this Not a before, like, the 18th century. Nobody <laughs> yeah. was looking at stuff. <laughs> nobody was looking at things and then making connections based on Not a single like, their time. experiences right so i mean again there's the the question right like miasma is basically corrupted air and it's this question right of like okay what exactly about it is corrupted what what makes it cause disease and you do have these different ideas right of okay, it's something about the air that it smells, like there's a certain smell and that that's what's causing it. Or it can be, in some cases, the idea that there's like, they'll use words like particles or like little seeds that spread the disease. Yeah, exactly. It's like thought of as like, okay, it's like some form of a, like they're not necessarily thinking of it as a literal plant, but using Uh it as sort of a metaphor for like, this must be how it's spreading, right? Like we know that plants can spread throughout a field by spreading their seeds. So maybe sickness spreads through the air like this. And again, like we laugh at it in the modern day being like, ha ha, those idiots like thinking that it was bad air. And you're like, like it is. Okay, but like the sickness (laughs) in a lot of cases, was spreading through the air. Like, they were putting two and two together and, like, coming to reasonable conclusions given the knowledge that they had available at the time, right? Like, when the plague hits in, in the 14th century, right, like, a lot of cities basically put into effect, like, travel bans. They shut the city gates and say, nope, can't come in, sorry. Uh, They limit gatherings, like even for funerals, they crack down and say like, you know, only a handful of people, like only the closest family can attend because, you know, this seems to be spreading when people gather. So we don't want to encourage that. Literally, the concept of quarantine comes from Venice during the plague where they would make you stay on your ship outside of Venice 
Yep, for 40 days. And then once you were, I mean, you, you were either dead after 40 days and they're like, well, <laughs> guess you had the plague or or you were healthy. And they're like, yeah, that that seems fine. You can come in now. Yeah. Right. So they're even understanding like to a certain degree, this idea that you can be asymptomatic, right. but still be spreading this. Right. And it's through miasma theory. Right. Because yeah. they're thinking of it in terms of, OK, maybe you're you... bringing the polluted air. Exactly. Right. Like, and again, there's kind of different debate on how the polluted air is traveling. Right. Like there was a big concern about fabric Mm -hmm. because like the folds of your clothes, there's air. Or if you're a cloth merchant. Right. Like Ah, inside all of the bundles. Yeah. That like all the little pockets and folds of the fabric that you could have like bad air tucked away. So, like, unknowingly. (laughs) So, like, I think that... How do I phrase this? I think that, right, we talk about, like, oh, people were such silly little dum-dums who didn't know about anything and they were all just like prescribing these crazy things and everybody who got sick just died because there was nothing that you could do for any of them which like in some cases is true like before anesthetics and stuff and the ability to actually like do surgeries like if you were born with you know a heart defect or something like yep sucks to suck but um I mean sometimes that's still true but like we have this idea that like because and I think it's part of this like there's this like um issue in like what people are able to conceive of which is like that once you know something it becomes really hard for you to imagine that somebody doesn't know about that thing and so there's this like narrative or at least I think how it exists in like the zeitgeist of the world like when we think about it that like once people discover something everybody's just like on board and so like of course once we had like fancy microscopes and saw all the germs for all the diseases then like of course everyone was just like we've got to get rid of the germs to get rid of the diseases but like germ theory was not just like one day there were no germs and then one dude was like hey there be germs and then everyone was like ah gotta sanitize away the germs like it didn't work that way like nobody knew what the tiny critters were or how they worked or how you know like and whether or not it even mattered that they existed like well yeah I mean if you take if you take a sample of water like go to your local river, stream, pond, whatever, take a sample of water and look at that under a microscope. There's going to be tons of stuff in there. And 99% of it is just chilling. It's not (laughs) harmful. It's not going to cause any problems. So like this idea that people would like, ah, yes, here's my microscope. I am looking at microscopic things for the first time. And I can immediately tell you like which ones are going to cause disease. Yeah. Like, no, you can't you can't which do is that. The thing and that like we don't even know how to do now. A lot yeah, of times. exactly. And it's also right that I think people underestimate like how flexible the idea of 
right? Like humors and miasma mm -hmm. and this sort of ideas were like they remain normal use in medicine, like until really like the late 19th century. Yeah. Like it's not uncommon for that to still be like a considered. Yeah. I angle. mean, miasma is a, is a huge, has a huge influence in the way that modern plumbing is yep. created, which was happening at the end of the 19th century. So yeah. Cause it's the whole idea that the air is bad. Yeah. So we yeah. need to make the keep air the gases. That's why there's a gas trap to like keep the gases from coming back out of the, the toilets and baths yep. into the house. I also think it's, so, like, there's a couple of other things that I think are kind of, like, not, like, hypocritical, but, like, silly when considering how people talk about people in the past who are operating with the best knowledge of the time, right? Yeah. And now we are operating with the best knowledge of the time. And hopefully, you know, modern medicine continues to advance and become more effective and like general life people become healthier and like we're able to like not make people suffer in the name of health in the same way but like and so theoretically right in the future people might look back on the past at the way that we treat certain diseases like cancer or certain types of like treatment resistant depression and things where it's like oh we're just gonna <laughs> blast you with radiation and poison and hope that your disease dies before you do or we're just going to like electrocute your brain at low levels like yeah. these are the things that could that will probably in the future like depending on whether or not you know human society survives the next century like will probably be considered barbaric and also i think it's funny that like the whole there's this whole like sector of like the wellness community that is essentially advocating for <laughs> for these if our, our viewers can't see that I, I i can't even describe the face i made i'm sorry do you want to do now that I've introduced the topic? Do you want to talk about how they're reinventing bizarro like medieval practices? Because yes. I feel like a yes. lot of what they're doing is like I, all I will, illness that is, is internal, and you have to if you're yes. treating your body right, then you will never get sick. And also, I want to say that I find it far, far more cruel and reductive than medieval medicine was because at least in medieval medicine it's basically like hey there's a certain amount of stuff that you can yeah. do to stay healthy right like yes you can balance your humors you can try to eat in a way that's good for your constitution yeah. um you know you can get enough rest you can take baths you can get enough exercise mm -hmm. like all these kinds of things but at the end of the day like there is still an acknowledgement that like yeah of course like bodies are different and every person's body is going to be different and unique and like your constitution is going to be different mm -hmm. from someone else's so like if you if you get sick or if you just are sickly. like you know sickly which like yeah chronically ill <laughs> if like in right like it's not presented as like oh this is your own yeah. fault 
Whereas I think a lot of the modern mm-hmm. wellness stuff gets into very like, well, if you're sick, it's because you didn't manifest hard enough and you didn't run yeah. enough or you didn't like eat organically enough. And it's like, that's just not it's- true. And it's frustrating also because I'm like, we have the benefits of modern science and technology where we can see like oh yeah like sometimes people are just predisposed Mm -hmm. to things like if you if genetically if you genetically are predisposed to certain types of cancers or certain types of like other conditions like you can live a healthy lifestyle yeah exactly and like it's not going to change the fact that you are still at a higher Mm -hmm. risk for this and like it's not your fault and also (laughs) And another thing. (laughs) Let let me get out my soapbox. Um, For the most part, all of these medieval remedies, right? Again, you are taking fresh or dried herbs. You're crushing them up in a mortar and pestle or you're cooking them in water or wine or ale or broth or whatever, right? So like for the most part, worst case scenario, it's going to taste kind of bad. Whereas a lot of the wellness community stuff advocates drinking and consuming essential oils, which are actively dangerous. Like that is an actively dangerous thing. And I don't think that there's enough. I I think there's a lot of like people rolling their eyes at it and people saying like, oh, this is like, you know, oh, that's dumb. And I'm like, no, we should really be talking more about how this is really actively endangering people people who are like like, having their children drink isn't like that's causing like horrifying developmental issues with like how these children's like gastrointestinal tracts are growing and developing and like just lifelong harm to these kids but also, like, yeah. wow, way to be less enlightened <laughs> than, than people from the medieval period. It does feel, it feels very, um, it feels very, like, uh, late 18th century of, the, yes. like, that's where I, where it is still in the system of like the humors and miasma and all of these the the conceptions of the body are mostly the same but um the reformation counter-reformation counter counter counters you know back and forth of like how sort of radical a lot of the protestant groups get where it becomes like any sort of illness poverty illness due to poverty any of these things are you have earned them they are your just receipts from god and you just have to accept them because this is the mark of you being a bad person um which is what a lot of the like modern wellness stuff feels like where it's like oh well you wouldn't have endometriosis if you just like ate properly and did yoga and went for a 20 mile run every day (laughs) oh yeah like absolutely I think that you can draw a very 
you can draw a very straight line from prosperity yeah. gospel to modern wellness mm-hmm. culture and also a lot of the like like that girl in general Ooh. kind of idea right that like if you just do everything right your life will be perfect and i'm like listen which I'm includes not here no to be an apologist for resting. yeah no and like i'm not here to say that everything was better in the middle ages because it wasn't <laughs> like life expectancy way lower lots of medical stuff yeah. just couldn't be done um you know I am very, very grateful to live in the modern day, but I do just find it frustrating where in in some ways it it does feel like that there were some there there are some useful ideas, such as have you considered taking a rest? <laughs> have you considered taking a bath? <laughs> Going outside. Like yeah. just to hang out. Yeah. Letting your like, body Yeah just like exist without trying to push it through things let it heal yeah and I think just also this idea right of having like I I think that there there is the idea of wanting things to be like more natural Mm -hmm. and more (laughs) well and I think like I understand where a lot of these people are, are coming from with the like I want to just give uh, my family and friends like uh, s- solutions that come from like what I perceive as the natural world because yeah. we do have like especially recently a lot of like we've learned a lot about the dishonest things that pharmaceutical companies are willing to do and that like yeah. creates a lot of distrust and that they're willing to manipulate like doctors and that all of these people who are in this industry are still just people and they're subject to the systems that we live under just like everyone else and it can be really hard to trust them but that doesn't mean that we should be turning to snake oil salesmen another thing that is from that same period from the great awakening and second great awakening is the snake oil salesman who often followed revivalists around and would sell things to the people who were desperate enough to like spend a lot of time at like tent revivals because like their children were sick or something and they would sell these things that were often poisonous uh, to people who were desperate to alleviate the pain of their loved ones Yay! <laughs> the world ending on a happy note. I mean, as per usual, the Great March of Progress is more of a wibbly wobbly, wobbly line of <laughs> diverging paths. It's a, a squiggly web of maybe yes. progress. Who knows? But also, time is yeah. a flat circle, so like. Who even knows what's going on? Well, I, for one, got good news out of this, which is that I have been prescribed um, beef stew. Yeah. And yes. a hot. Yeah. Like, you need to eat some a hot meat. bath. <laughs> yeah. And, like, 
Once the snow melts. Yeah. Touch some grass. Touch some grass. Get off the internet, Margo. <laughs> well, now that you know, it's all going to be fixed. Thanks for taking a break with Baba Yaga. We'll see you next time. This Baba Yaga break time was brought to you by Patreon supporters just like you. Follow us at Baba Yaga Project on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok.